Welcome to the Habibis, three game developers drinking good Arab tea. I'm your host for today, Fauzi Mesmar. And I'm your co-host, Rami Ismail. And so, funny thing happened with why Osama, <laughs> <laughs> which is why Osama couldn't make it today. Uh, you know, like, I swear, every every year, daylight, uh, daylight saving hour change happens. <laughs> and some incidents happened because of it. I can. I, I promise we were all exactly on time. It's just Osama's time is no longer the same time <laughs> as our time. I just didn't realize that they didn't like it's a daylight saving is not unanimous across the world. <laughs> some countries don't even not. do it, right? Like some countries just don't have daylight savings, and then some countries do it on one day, and then some countries do it on another day, and it's just wild. And Canada does it, right? Right. But I don't know when. <laughs> uh, not yet. I think in like two weeks or something. Ah, okay. So in, in two weeks, he'll, he'll be able... Uh, yeah. Wow. In two weeks, everything will work out again. <laughs> in Inshallah. Weeks, Inshallah. It's, it's Sunday, November 6th. Yeah. So, yeah. By the time this out, uh, it'll be um, soon. <laughs> yeah, almost. 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 <laughs> yeah, it's wild. You know, the, the, the sort of like... The disagreement about time makes for such fascinating stories, you know that? A lot yeah. of weird stories. There's like places on earth that are officially one second off. And okay. there's countries that are like on a 15 or 30 minute time zone. Wow. So they're not on an hour. They're like half an hour or 30 minutes uh, or 15 minutes off from time zones. And then they're like weird historical like war reasons and conquest reasons and territorial reasons. That, you know, in, in code, we just represent time as an amount of, like, time passed since January 1st, 1970. Yeah. We just, we just agreed on that. And then when you think about it, even that is not agreed because what time midnight was January 1st, 1970, we agreed that it's Greenwich, right? Yeah, UTC. Yeah. From that moment on, we're, we've just been counting and that's, that's what time it is. <laughs> Um, because every other way that we colloquially use time is just a mess. Have you, have you ever noticed how some countries, when they say half nine, they mean nine yeah. thirty? Yeah, yes. And then some cultures, when they say half nine, they mean eight thirty. Yes, uh, that, uh, that always confused me. Because some countries mean like half nine. They mean like well, half of something is smaller than it, so half nine should be eight thirty. And some countries say half <laughs> nine. You're saying nine and a half. That's so funny. So, yeah, it's it's as usual. We can't seem to agree on a thing. So there's lots of versions of that thing. And right. good luck. It's kind of like the power plugs, like right. around the world. We couldn't agree on the power plugs, so now we have all these power plugs. Right now we have all these converters. No, you know, I don't know. Like I always, I, it fascinates me, especially with time. It fascinates me because it used to be obviously very long ago. Every every town kept its own time. Yeah. That was the time. Wow. And you could go between two time, two towns, and it will be a different time. 
I mean, it would make sense because people used to use sunrise and sunset, right. I guess, to time mm-hmm. everything. Yep. And uh, that that's very different depending on where you are. Uh, some very places, logical. Yeah, some places don't have sunrise and sunsets <laughs> at all. <laughs> I'm not. I don't mean anywhere in particular. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. See, I don't know. I love. I love that. But I also love that we are 2022. And we can still have things like this happening where we all just agree on a time and then just Osama it's, was an hour early. It's so funny, man. Like I, on Sunday night, I went to bed and I was like, okay, while I'm sleeping tonight, the uh, the clock is going to change. But I don't have any analog watches or clocks anymore. Right. All of them are connected to the internet. Mm-hmm. So by the time I wake up, I don't have to do anything. Right. And everything is going to work. My calendar is going to auto-update. Everything's going to update. This is going to be the year in which there's going to be no ramifications. No. <laughs> <laughs> we have a calendar invite in our calendar. Right. It should be okay. And it did work correctly for both of us. But right. not for us. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. It's so funny. Because I guess in Osama's calendar, that switched when our time zone switched. Yeah. Um, yeah. and in our time calendar, it didn't, it just stayed where it was. Yeah. Um, uh, that's no. a feature we could, we should probably, um, email Google about It's like, you need yeah. to also count for discrepancy in daylight saving across time right. zones. I'm Good sure luck. they do, but like, yeah, probably not in the way we expected. You yeah. know, what was really good about the, the switch of daylight savings? What? It happened on Sunday. Yeah. So on Sunday, when it was 3 a.m., it became 2 a.m. Yes. It was 3 a.m. on my birthday. Uh-huh. So then it was 2 a.m. on my birthday. You got an extra hour of Habibi birthday. Happy got an birthday. extra hour to Shokun. <laughs> Shokun. Uh, it, was, uh, it was good. It was my birthday. I turned 34. 34. 34. 34 is a good one. It, it, it's feeling pretty good so far. For me, like 34 felt like the, the last young year. <laughs> you know what? I did not want to know that. Because <laughs> <laughs> as you hit 35, you're like, oh, I, now I can see the 40s. Yeah, I'm halfway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know, I know that. I, I, I sort of I understand that. But um, you know, I, I don't know. Like when I turned 33, I actually was not in a great I was not in the greatest place. Mm. Had a bit of a rough year. Mm. And then uh, I think my only wish for 34 was to be in a better place. And, you know, alhamdulillah, like it's been a phenomenal year. That's so uh, nice, man. Yeah, I remember yeah. last year it was a bit tough. Around yeah, it was place. a rough, it was a rough year. And then yeah. everything kind of like, you know, the flying happened. I'm really happy with what I'm doing for work with all the consultancy and like sort of setting up future plans. And yeah, um, life went back to normal since then, you know? Yeah, like, I'm traveling again. I'm going to Bremen for like an afternoon tomorrow. And nice. I have uh, South Africa and South America. I have like all sorts of things on my on my calendar. Super. So, yeah, really exciting. Birthday was really nice just with like family and um, uh, my partner was here and some, some friends were there. It's got nice. all sorts of gifts. Oh, um, what gifts did you get? Oh, my favorite. So my favorite was so one of my friends, one of my closest friends, was um, had basically organized the gift, and my friends had thus bought me the Lego pyramid. Oh, nice! Which is a beautiful, a beautiful gift. The only problem is I already have that one. I was about to say, how did they know that you don't have it? That's right. the tricky part. How do you buy Rami a gift? <laughs> right. So I have it. 
So oh, of when, course you do. when two of my friends were leaving, they were like, oh, we're really sorry. Like, you know, like we bought that and like, you know, uh, the, the other friend that didn't, that wasn't the, the, the friend that couldn't show up, he has the gift. So, you know, someday in the future when he shows up, like maybe, I don't know, maybe you can sell the old one or maybe there's something like, and I'm like, you know, this is half the pyramid, right? Yeah. It's a unique thing about the set that if you have two, you can actually finish the set. Yeah, don't you need like th- you need three pyramids now? So like you have the three pyramids. No, no, it's literally the set is half a pyramid. Uh what? You don't get yeah, you get half the pyramid. You get one side of the pyramid, uh, and then you can put it against the wall. So the back side is flat. Ah. And if you have okay. the set twice, you can build the full pyramid. Wow. So I told them that, and they looked at me, and they're like, "Okay, you know what? Just pretend we didn't say that, and when you get the gift, just be really thankful." <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay. Um, Does it work that way? Does it connect? Yeah, I'm yeah. Now they actually it. connect. Yeah, it connects the two types of Legos mm-hmm. together because it yep. also comes with the two small uh, pyramids. It turns out. Uh, I don't know about that. Maybe. Yeah. All I know is that I remember reading that if you have that set twice, you can build the full pyramid. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm looking at it right now, and that is absolutely right. correct. Yeah. So that was really exciting, and then I got a whole bunch of flight things uh, for my for my flying. Yeah, uh, I got a new flight bag. I have a beautiful flight bag, but it's getting a little small for some of the more ambitious flying that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's a flight bag meant for like an hour long flight or maybe like two hours. But Robbie, not... for for people who are not pilots, can mm-hmm. you explain what a flight bag is? Yeah, also for you. Also for me. Okay. <laughs> okay. So a flight bag is, it's not that complicated. It's literally just a bag that your flying stuff goes into. Okay. And when you see pilots at airports, they usually have one of those little rolling suitcases with them. Yeah. That's their flight bag. Okay. And then there's different types of flight bags. And the most popular one now nowadays is an EFB or an electronic flight bag. It's the so one it's that usually, looks like uh, a trolley laptop bag. Yeah, kind of those. Those are yeah. like very professional flight bags for pilots who do like really professional flying. Yeah, most people have like an over-the-shoulder or a backpack or like a tiny little a tiny little thing, depending on how you fly, right? Like flight mm. instructors tend to have a tiny flight bag because all they need is their notes yeah. and their headphone, and they're not doing anything weird. They're not going anywhere. They know where they are, where they're going, so they'll have their phone. Yeah. and their headphone and some papers okay for your ipad if, as well i imagine no yeah so for me my ipad is sort of like the center of my flight bag so i have my ipad i have my headphone and then i have a whole bunch of other stuff i have a calculator i have my logbook i have pens pencils i have uh, paper maps i have mm-hmm. um a backup like measure equipment so i can measure things a whole bunch of batteries a backup radio uh, water bottle, um, GoPro, sunglasses. So my flight back is a bit more full. Ooh, right? Nice. And then uh, now, now that I'm doing a bit more ambitious flying, I also want to be able to fly to different countries and I want to be able to fly over water. But if you go over water, you need uh, a life jacket. Mm-hmm. Now, my current flight back just doesn't have more space. I see. So I was looking at a different one, and uh, my family found out and bought that one for me, which was lovely. Uh, so I can I have more space for an extra set of headphones if I want to fly with somebody, or mm. uh, life jackets if I want to fly over water, or 
you know that kind of stuff so I'm it'll be a lot easier they don't have light jackets inside the airplane you'd think like it would be fully equipped with that stuff yeah no the, you know you want airplanes to be as light as possible so anything that you don't need you don't bring and you only need life jackets if you go over water for more than uh, uh 30 minutes uh, 15 mm-hmm. minutes if you go for water for more than 15 minutes you need life jackets i see so if you don't need them you don't bring them because it is still a few hundred grams you know yeah um So, yeah, no, life jackets you need uh, with you. And then, um, you know, high-vis vests, like the little yellow uh, things that, like, construction workers wear and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. A lot of airports require those, so I need space for those. So, basically, I just needed a larger flight bag, and now I have a larger flight bag, which is really, really cool. Um, And because the flight bag is the same brand, I can actually just pick up the insert that's in my bag. In my current bag and just move to the other one if i want to do a bit of a larger flight i don't have to like repack everything i just pull up the one thing mm-hmm. and then most of my stuff is across and why do you need a dedicated bag and can't just like use one of your backpacks like so a you lot can... of the stuff you mentioned sounds like i can put in any bag really. yeah you could but then flight bags are really built so that you have easy access to the most important things in convenient ways so they're convenience bags right like oh, some people just use an old backpack Right or uh, over the shoulder or a camera bag. Camera bags are pretty popular as uh, as flight bags too. Um, my mm-hmm. flight bags are like made to be flight bags, so they have really easy access to your logbook, to your headphone, to where your iPad is, and mostly it means that you save a bit of time in the airplane trying to reach for stuff because everything is just in very logical places. I see. I see. Yeah, that makes sense. Which is nice. And then uh, that's Superman, yeah. Yeah, so I got the flight bag, I got a life jacket, and then I got a fuel finger. A what? It's a little, (laughs) it's a little plastic tube that you stick in your fuel tank that allows you to measure how much fuel is in there. Okay. Which is really, really useful because you should always check how much fuel you have, right? Oh yeah. And then I got this little fuel tester. That's just the coolest fuel tester. It's like this little. It's basically a little cup, also tube shaped. Okay. But all these small airplanes have drain points. Mm-hmm. And basically what they are, they're points where you can, if you press on them, they kind of act like um, a valve. You press on them, fuel comes out. Mm-hmm. And that allows you to see how the f- what the quality of the fuel is. If there's uh, dirt in it, if it's unclear, if it doesn't look right, if it doesn't smell right. And that allows you to test for the fuel at different points of the airport, of the airplane. Um Right now, I only use I only use the ones that are in the airplanes. But sometimes, when you travel or you're using a strange airplane or an airplane that you haven't flown on, those are not in there. Mm-hmm. So now I have my own. Interesting. So, you How know. do your friends know all of this? Well, I you know some of them listen to the Habibis, where I talk too much about airplanes. <laughs> oh, that's cute. <laughs> and uh, uh, some of them, you know, just talk to me or like some of them called the flight school. Wow, oh, that's super um, sweet. So just all sorts of like cute things where they were just like, hey, what what can we get? Uh, so, yeah, it was really cute. It was really lovely. I got lots of lots of amazing gifts, and um, and that was not even the best gift. But the best gift was actually my my girlfriend uh, Julie uh, agreed to fly with me from Munich, where she lives, all the way to uh, the Netherlands. That is probably your longest flight to date, no? It is the longest flight today. Yeah, five hours. 
Wow. Uh, and um, I got to fly it in a Piper 28, which is sort of like the cooler airplane. Um, so, so you were in Munich and then you flew back to the Netherlands together, or did you go back and forth? I flew to Munich with the Piper and then flew back from Munich with the Piper. Yeah. Oh, wow. So you did a whole round trip even. Yeah, round trip. And it was cool. It was my first like really long international flight because I've flown like right over the border. There's a cute airfield called Borkum, which is halfway. Uh, it's just across the border with Germany. So mm -hmm. it's technically in Germany. Yeah. But, you know, you, you don't even <laughs> file a flight plan that you're going into Germany. You just. You basically, when you go over the border, you land. Yeah. Um, so that airport doesn't even like it when you file a flight plan, even though you formally should. They're just like, please don't give us that work. Just so much paperwork. Yeah. Just land the airplane and just when you take off, yeah. just immediately go back into the Netherlands and then nobody will, will care. Yeah. Uh, which is true. Literally nobody cares. Mm -hmm. Um, but this was like a proper long flight from a real place to a real place, which was exciting. But then my other favorite thing is it is the first time I've picked up a passenger in one place and right. then dropped them off in another place. Right. Yeah. You technically transported someone. I transported somebody. Yeah. Wow. Which I've not done before. So far, it's always been I leave from an airport and I land back at that airport with the person. And sometimes, you know... I'd fly them to a place, and then we'd be at a place together, but then I'd fly them back. <laughs> and this is the first time Julie... This is not the first time she comes with you on a flight, no? So this is a really funny story. Julie was a little nervous about flying. Mm -hmm. And uh, so uh, a few weeks ago, to prepare for this flight, she agreed to go on a flight with me. But I will say it was probably the bumpiest flight I've ever done. Okay. Really bad winds. Um... And we had kind of hoped that it would get better as we got higher, but it kind of yeah. didn't. So okay, um, you were unlucky after, that day, or you? Yeah, you, after yeah. thirty minutes, we just turned around, and you know, she thought it was beautiful, all the views, but it didn't really help ease. It didn't really help ease her anxiety, I think. Yeah. Uh, but then for my birthday, she really like it was so cute. She really mustered all of her courage, and like, yeah. I flew her over Munich, uh, flew her over some like places that she knows, and like some some landmarks that she enjoys and um basically it was just like after 30 minutes in this like beautiful october weather could not have asked for better weather all the oranges and greens and colors and everything uh, she was she was calm and uh -huh. she even helped me like fuel the airplane and like, <laughs> she helped me with uh, at some point this is really cool people don't know this but airplanes are not that heavy yeah so at some point she pushed the airplane to its parking position. Oh, nice! <laughs> just you know, bare hands, just pushed the entire plane <laughs> into position. And by the end, she was uh, she she really enjoyed it. I think it's not a thing that we're gonna do like every week. Yeah, she's not into it that much, but um, she really enjoyed the experience. She thought it was very special, and that was obviously very um, it was very lovely for me to be able to combine two things that I love. I guess. Yeah, is that the right way to say it? <laughs> that's very um, cute, actually. That yeah. she like she, you know, got over the fear just yeah. to uh, yeah to get on a flight with you. So yeah, it was really really lovely. Uh, by the end of it, she was picking up on like radio cues and like she's you know she's a super smart person, so she was picking up on like radio things and like pointing. She saw some airplanes faster than I saw them. <laughs> like she's it was really cool. So it was really lovely getting to do a flight like that. 
um, took one stop somewhere in the middle in like this beautiful valley airport. Oh yeah, you stopped along the way. Yeah, yeah, one place, Gallon House, and and it was, uh, you know, like those the, those small airplanes. They don't have toilets or facilities. So. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, if you want to stop, you just got to find an airplane to to <laughs> go to the restroom or have a. Oh, have that's some such food. a weird uh, thing. I never thought about that. But right. Yeah, you're right. You gotta. Like, I got to go, Rami. You're like, okay, let me find an airfield. <laughs> yeah, let me find the nearest airport where I can land and then just land there. So the stop is not something you pre-plan in advance? No, in this case, I had planned it. And I just sort of said when we started, like, okay, it's going to be two hours, two hours and 15 minutes to the first, yeah. and then two hours and 15 minutes uh, onward. So it was right in the middle. And I had sort of like, but like, if at any point there was an emergency or there was a reason to land earlier, I, I you could do an unplanned stop. Yeah. The only yeah. time you can't do it is when you're um, when you're on that leg on that route that you're flying. You cross a border, yeah, because then you have a flight plan and you can't. You have to keep to the flight plan basically, mm-hmm. uh, because if you fall too far behind, they send search and rescue. Oh, okay. So then the helicopters get launched to find your airplane. Wow. Okay. So you, when you file a flight plan, you have to keep to the flight plan, and if you want to get off the flight plan, you have to basically call the tower, the, the radio, and let them know, like, "Hey, we're diverting from this flight plan, and we're changing our route, and cancel the flight plan." That'd be like a very embarrassing phone call to make. Hey, right. tower, I really need to go. Right. Luckily, <laughs> you don't really have to explain. All you have to say is divert. I don't need but, to give them the reason. That's cool. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, but, no, it was really lovely. It was uh, Fauzi, like I can't when you plan a flight for end of October and you want the airplane for multiple days, you plan it far in advance. Yeah. And you don't know what the weather is gonna be. Yeah. And I do not think I could have hoped for better weather than this. Like it was beautiful. It was calm, slightly cloudy, but like the nice buffy clouds. Beautiful sunsets, a little bit of rain here and there, some rainbows around along the route. Yeah, well, uh, low was, fog over the mountains. This like, was probably one of the warmest Octobers I've ever experienced in Europe. You know, we're all we're all gonna die, but <laughs> it was a beautiful flight <laughs> for that flight. It was yeah. good. Yeah, for the purpose of this flight, this was great. There's some silver lining, but yeah, uh, but, yeah. I, but but I like you know. I, it's it was like it got up like it's it was still two digits here in Sweden, right? It yeah. was it was two digits yesterday, and it's about to get colder now, right? Yeah, it should. Like, right. but but like um, usually this starts in mid September, you know, <laughs> it right. gets cold. Yeah, uh, but um, it was you know in uh, twenty degrees in south of Europe still. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, no, it's, it's wild. Warm. It's really warm. I mean, I didn't have too much time to play video games, obviously, because I've been traveling. I've played some. Uh, I played some on my mobile phone. Oh yeah. Um, played I... um, um, Marvel Snap. Oh my God, have I played this game? I saw that you have played it way more than me, so I actually would love to know what you think of it. Man, I've played so much. Uh, this game <laughs> completely caught me by surprise. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to be waiting for this thing for five minutes. I'll just check out this game that I heard my friend talking about. And then next thing I know, it was Friday night. and I, was, I had plans. I canceled the plans. And I'm just playing it on Steam because it's also cross-platform. So I you know, put it on Steam. I'm playing it and listening to music for like four and a half hours straight. Right. By the end of the weekend, I have bought the premium game pass. 
I have spent around 15 hours in this game and I am uh, now upper gold uh, in tier, which is not amazing, but but still like, you know, growing steadily. Right. Man, this game is, yeah, it's it's so, like, I don't like to use this word, but it's like, it really sucks you in, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, you just go like, I'm going to play one more round, one more round, and next thing you know, an hour has passed, two hours has passed. It's uh, it's great. By uh, by Sunday, I pretty much finished everything, all the content that the game had to offer. And there was literally a counter that's saying, wait two days before we give you more. Right. <laughs> and, and I think in a couple of hours, they will drop some more quests and stuff so I can go back in <laughs> and collect some of my Game Pass. Points. It is time. <laughs> All right, so I, I guess we, I need to explain what this game is yes. for, for people listening. So if you played Hearthstone, it is a, it is a similar thing. Uh, this is a collectible card game that is set out in the Marvel universe. And what I like to uh, I like one way to describe it: if you played collectible card games, it's Hearthstone meets Artifact. You know that weird Valve Dota card game. Super slimmed down and uh, right. simplified. Um, so, like the the part that it resembles artifact is that when you start the round, there are three separate areas you can play cards on, and each one of those areas have a completely random event that uh, that uh, dictates the state of the game that get revealed progressively throughout the match. Each match is exactly six rounds in which two players take turns in placing their cards uh, on one of those three areas. Each uh, card has a cost to play and each card has a power. Once a card is played on an area, that power is added to the total power of the area. The area with the most power, uh, the player, so the, the, so the highest number of power in that area for the player wins and you need to win two areas to win the match. Two out that, of three. Basically, two yeah. out of three. You gotta win two areas out of three in the match by putting as much as many powerful cards as you can. Um, and what I like about the, like there's so many design decisions that makes it so that um, you know like the game can never like really outstay it, its welcome. It yeah. is six rounds. For some special cases, it might be seven, but it's but it's you know it's never more than that. Every area has a maximum of four cards that you can play. Right, uh, or like four spots. There are car- there are cards that take away cards or put away cards. You know the drill. But like, there's four slots in which you can place those cards in, and there's enough randomization. Like there's randomness in those three areas. There's randomization elements in the cards that you cannot have a dominant deck. You can have a very powerful deck that you construct, but um, there isn't one that will always win. Right. And um, as new cards get introduced, they radically change the meta. Yet, there isn't no prevailing meta. How you combine these cards together, really, it changes how it works. But also, your play style really also changes the way um, the match outcome comes out of it. And... What I also like is that because of how those cards are built, there is an element of anticipation as well to what the others will play. So there's mm-hmm. painting, there's mind games, there's uh, you do something to uh, trick the player into doing something else. 
you set traps, there's a lot of mind games going with a player that you don't even see. Right. And um, ultimately, this feature that they add is that um, regularly, every time if you play a match, you win 2 XP. However, uh, a player can snap. That means that uh, they are now confident of their win and they can snap only once in the round, doubling the XP. So now if they win, they get 4 XP. If the other player responds by snapping back, then that doubles the XP again. So the amount of XP gets up to 8 points that you can either win or lose. And winning that point, basically what determines your MMR, how fast you climb up or down the scale. That's how you move from bronze to silver to gold to platinum to whatever. And that just adds to the <laughs> to the to the mind game part of it. Like, you know, you're playing like, all right, I got everything set up, then the other player snaps. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> Does that mean they're holding a card that um, they know that they're gonna win them the round? Or are they bluffing? Yep. Yep. Using it <laughs> to bluff is really fun. It's just so many mind games. Yes. It's so many mind games. Yeah. It's that you're you're constructing the deck. You are, uh, you are, there is no winning formula. So you can look up decks online. It might work for you, but it might not. Right. Uh, there's enough randomness to like, even if you think that you're losing 100%, something could happen. Yeah. And allow you to win last second. Right. The and locations. The, the locations. Really so, change what happens. Some of the cards, like, you know, you put a card and it will say adds uh, two power to three random cards. Right. Then you don't know, you know, like yeah. it, it, or like you know, the, you, there's a card you place and it like summons a seven power monster somewhere right. else. Yep. So, so it could land exactly where you want it to land, or it could go somewhere else and screw right. everything for you entirely. Yep. Yeah, and you can already like gamble for those places before they reveal locations, and like there's just so much you can do. There's so many weird strategies you can yeah. pick. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the game is very light on social features. Like uh, currently, like I can't uh, play against a friend or like, you know, yeah. have a clan or anything like that, which I think those will come for sure. But I already like have a bunch of WhatsApp groups with people and we're like, try out this deck, try out my deck or like look right. at my level or like people posting on Twitter asking about what's their current level, how they like in the game. So there's there's already like a social activity around the game outside of the, the game's core features, which for me signals very high engagement. I mean, incredibly high. People are talking about this game nonstop. It's, it's everywhere, at least in game design circles. I don't know yeah. about elsewhere, but uh, even if this game, and I think it did, but even if this game didn't capture like gamers' hearts, it's still like every game designer I know has at least played it a bit. I really, really enjoy it. And like, yeah. you know, like every time like I'm looking at this, like that's a very clever design decision. Even yep. like the the thematic elements. So like, you know, everything I described and you're like, oh, wait, what's the Marvel part of this? Right. And like, you know, the, the cards are Marvel characters. And there's so many of them, of course. And you can right. like make the cards pretty and make them 3D and make them animate and right. <laughs> like all kinds of ways to like make uh, make your cards really stand out. And you spend currencies on like uh, frame beautify, breaks and beautifying them. 
yeah. <laughs> yeah, with frame breaks and 3D and sparkles yeah. and whatever. Yeah. And you beautifying the cards is actually your measurement of progress. Yep. Because the more you beautify cards, the more you unlock more cards. Yep. Which is also genius. So basically making it's, the cosmetics not just part of the making it pretty, but it's literally part of your progression. It, part of your progression, but still it does not inhibit gameplay. It doesn't nope. give power. No, nope. it just is a measure of your progress. Yes. And it's, it's, that's so smart. And then it's like uh, it's really good. How the cards behave uh right on theme. Yeah. So like, you know, um, a Spider-Man uh, card will uh, one of them at least will have a Spider-Man tingling sensation. So when they when when a card moves on deck, Spider-Man cost becomes uh, cheaper because spider senses are tingling. Yeah, I like the Sentinel. Oh, Sentinel, for example, yeah, Sentinel's they, great. They Just, replicate themselves every yep. time you play one. Yep, if you play one when it gets revealed to the other player, you get a new Sentinel card, and it's yeah. a cheap card. Yeah, it's not a very powerful card. But it's part of every deck I've used so far. Right, but it's a really <laughs> useful card. Yeah, super yeah. useful. When you realize that what you need is numbers, not power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really clever, and Wolverine you know, still is some... uh, not destructible. For example, it's a very cool <laughs> yeah. thing. So good, so so clever, just so clever. It's just it's the kind of game where you like like you said, Fuzzy. You play for like ten minutes, and then like three hours later, you're like, wow, those were good ten minutes. Yeah, and, and then you look they... at the clock. <laughs> and it's on daylight saving. Yeah. <laughs> so I've actually played for four, not for three. Yeah, I played for one hour. I started at two a.m. and then I ended at two a.m. <laughs> That's some daylight savings right there. No, no really good. It's really good. it's it's super. Like this game definitely climbed up very high on my games this year. And Wait, right, just out of nowhere too. Out of nowhere, I did not expect that. I was like, oh, I'm gonna check out this thing. This is like not by any stretch of the imagination the first Marvel mobile game, not even the first Marvel card game. You know, <laughs> so like, like I went in like with huge skepticism. I was like, if this game disappoints me in 20 seconds, I'm out. Yeah. And like, yeah, here we are. It, and here we are. A week are. later. Here we are. I'm now like, you know, talking to other people, asking for help. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Delete this from my phone, please. Yeah, please. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's really good. Um Yeah, that was mostly what I played. I mean when I when I got um when I got home, I played some more Destiny. Uh-huh. Uh, I've Anything finally new happening in, in Destiny now? I've finally given in to the crafting mechanic. Okay. Because they have a really bad... Okay, so Destiny is a life service game, right? So you can read this, right? From a design perspective. Mm -hmm. It's a life service game. So they need people to put hours in. Yeah. Right? That's important. Mm -hmm. So they have a large part of how they keep people playing is through the fact that guns roll with random rolls. Okay. So when you get a weapon, it might be exactly the perk combination you want, or it might be a good perk, or it might be both good perks, or they might be a god roll where it's like the best two perks for for PvE, or the best two perks for PvP, or just something that really fits your um, your character playstyle, right? Mm -hmm. So that's how you put the hours in. You want the best of everything, and then every now and then there's a new version or newer weapons, and then every season you might look at a new weapon that comes out and go like, oh my God, actually I want that one. Yeah. And now you're back on the grind, right? 
Yeah, it's um, clever. It's clever. It came with its own issues. Obviously, you've got the power curve. So every time somebody has something, you have to make sure that there's better stuff coming in. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, people will just keep playing with the same gun. Right? Yeah, of course. So then there's no grind anymore. So, yeah. uh, the, you know, they had the normal problems with that. And then at some point, because people were getting frustrated with that system, they decided to introduce crafting. Yeah. And the way the crafting system works is you get a weapon. And uh, Destiny's fantasy had always been that you should be proud of the gear that you get, right? You should be mm-hmm. proud of the gear that you use. Um, but it never really was that way because it always felt a bit throwaway. Your exotics that sort of define your playstyle, like the, the most powerful weapons, you can only carry one. Those would often be very defining. So for me, the Telesto, which is my main weapon, I've used that for seven years straight at this point. Wow. Right? It's just, it's my gun to the point that I have a, a, a handmade painting in my living room of that weapon. Oh my God. Uh, that, wow. I, that, I, that somebody made and I, I wanted the original and I bought the original from them just because I love that. I love that weapon. That's been seven years of my life at this point. Wow. Um, but they introduced crafting and they said, okay, we want crafting to, f- if you have a crafted weapon, we want you to be able to level it up to make it more powerful. And then every time you look at it, it has the date that you got it. It has the level. It has all the perks that you selected. Yeah. But obviously now you have a, now you have a conflict because if you can make the gun exactly the way you want it, you're out of the grind. Mm-hmm. So they preempted that by making craftable weapons a grind. I see. So to even get a weapon for for crafting purposes, you need to collect the pattern, which involves you getting a rare version of that weapon X amount of times mm-hmm. so that you learn how to craft it. And I looked at that and I'm like, nope, <laughs> nope, just not absolutely not doing that. I'll just work with the weapons I have and I'm good. And then the other day. You know, Destiny is sort of like in a in a in a lull right now between two like expand two um, uh, seasons, so it's mm-hmm. like the catch up time. And I was like, you know what? I have this one weapon where I think a crafted version would actually be better. I'll try for it. Mm-hmm. So this is week four, and uh, I'm I'm four fifths in. Wow. So I think I need to play another week before I get it. And like part of it is RNG and there's one way to ensure it, but the only way to ensure it is only once a week. Okay. So I've just been grinding for that weapon and uh it's been it's been rough. Um I've also found a little crew of people that play Destiny but never found people to raid with. Yeah. So now every week we do a raid. I think last time I talked about the raid that we did, we did a new raid this way, and they're just Bungie is so good at raid design. Like, yeah, that's uh, like the the highlight moment. It seems every time there's a absolutely just super good design. Like to the point where I feel like if you're doing action game design, if you're missing out on the Destiny raids, you're really missing out on some of the cleverest game design in in action uh, in action Mm -hmm. games right now. Like just staggeringly good um so yeah a bunch of destiny i ordered my new joy con so i can finally play Mario rabbits oh nice uh, it's underway it's not oh, here cool. yet but i'm very excited one. the white one nice and then uh, i played the opening few hours of the new call of duty oh the campaign the campaign yeah i only play campaign yeah yeah okay um how do you think it uh, I, I haven't played it yet i've seen the graphics it looks stunning it is beautiful. Like, it, 
You know what, Ifosi? It is exactly what you expect. It is beautiful. It is bombastic. It's yeah. supremely well acted. Yeah. Um, I will say the level design is not the strongest one they did, but it's completely serviceable. Like it's it's genuinely pretty good. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of like you know like Call of Duty. Much of it is about being a roller coaster where you are in wildly different places doing wildly different things. Yeah. So, you know, you've got the sniper mission, you've got the sneaking mission, you've got the, like, storm a building mission, you've got the um, figure it out yourself mission, you've got the, like, cave mission. Like, there's just, just everything is happening, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a mission in Amsterdam, which I thought was really cool. Oh, that's nice. Very familiar uh, ground. Very well done. Yeah. Um, like, <laughs> I had to laugh, though, because... Uh, a few days before the launch of the campaign, or a few days before I played it, I don't remember when the cam- campaign came out, I saw a video of somebody posting, uh, you know, like a video from that. And it looks photorealistic, right? Like it looks entirely like you could believe that that was a video, except for one thing. Yeah. No bicycles. <laughs> They're parked, but nobody's biking. Yeah, And that's... it makes sense because dealing with bike physics... Yeah, would be really hard. Yeah, bike AI is going to be a pain. How are you going to bike it? What if somebody? What if you get run into by a bike? You can't kill the. You can't die because somebody hit you with a bike. That's not quite realistic. Yeah, but also the people have to swerve and like maybe like accidentally end up in the canal and like there's just a whole bunch of stuff you would have to think about. Yeah, I mean like they already have the system for crowds, but like having like fast moving bikes over there and bike lanes that people need to avoid and like, you know, AI biking (laughs) people to bike realistically and to have a bike go around the corner, for example, requires locomotion systems that are very different than, you know, a person moving. So it just made me laugh. I looked at it. I'm like, that's not real. And it was like, I couldn't, I did, you know, it took me a few seconds to realize why, but it was not the light. The light is beautiful. It was not the architecture. The architecture is beautiful. <laughs> the place actually exists and it looks really, really similar. Yeah. Um, but there's no bicyclists and that's just not realistic. That's so um, funny. <laughs> game, but yeah, gameplay is good. But as you would expect, you know, like all the usual like caveats for Call of Duty apply. So Mm. Um, lots of killing people, but not Western people. Yeah. Um, but like South American people, those are okay to kill. Arabs, those are okay to kill. Middle Eastern people, okay. Russians, seems like we're going that way in the story. Mm. Um, yeah, lots of talk about rules of engagement and then going like, but we can't stick to the rules of engagement. We have to stop the war criminals while you become war criminals. Oh. So that's a shame because in the 2019 uh, modern warfare, like, um, the, like the, the they had got better at allying with um, you know Arab like characters and right. like, yeah, you had be part of the story exactly. There was like an an Arab protagonist. Right. She just got she she sort of reappears in this game, but you know you I even with Farah back in in modern warfare, I couldn't get over the feeling that she was sort of like set as like the only trustworthy one. Oh yeah, yeah. You fair. know, all the other ones were bad, and she was she was good because she trusted us, the heroic Western people. Yeah. So, and you know, it's falling into all of those same traps, and it's disheartening. But at the same time, the game is good. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so you know, just we just keep hoping. I think that it's a, it one sounds day, like a Call of Duty. <laughs> it is. It is one hundred percent a Call of Duty. It's bombastic. It's it's beautiful. It is absolutely people working at the top of the curve of the games industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wish they made something a little less problematic. I guess. Yeah. Uh, then again, you know, they're literally making action movies. So I just wish they went a bit more in the direction of Top Gun Maverick, you know? Yeah. But it's like, it's a war movie. It's a little USA, USA. But at the same time, we're not really, it's not even clear who we're fighting. They're bad yeah. guys. Kind of undefined. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Maverick is a very, actually, a very interesting thing if that influences, uh, you know, would be so good. direction going forward because that came out like probably during this game's production it was impossible right. for them to to influence it in that way yeah but. no they did the uh, call of duty that the uh, thing that osama always calls arabistan, arabistan. so they came <laughs> up with a new name. country it's called al masra okay and uh yeah it's uh it's near iran it sounds like yeah and uh it's where all the bad people live why is it always in Arab countries with all the bad people? No idea. It was actually funny. I got asked, I got interviewed by a Dutch newspaper about the game because they had the opportunity to talk to the the leadership of, of the game, right? Creative director and everything. Ah, cool. And uh, they they the creative direction team really talked about like, you know, like we made a, we made sure that it's not a real place and that, you know, like it's only vaguely like sort of like Arabic. And I was like, but that just means it's all of us. Yeah. Right, like you that doesn't make it, but that makes it worse. <laughs> like that may like you're just like, okay, so it's not really it's not like a specific Arab place, it's just kind of like an Arabic place. What did they, they respond? So they, they, they were shocked by yeah. that. I was mm. like, I don't think you were. Uh I'm pretty sure your diversity consultants already told you that. Mm. But it was easier than getting in the weeds with like trying to call it any real name, right? Yeah, 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 but um, you know that's a very good point. You know, like right. by by generalizing it, you make you it like generalize yeah, it. Yeah, you make yeah. it one of those people. You yeah. know, <laughs> and uh, and they do all this thing where the uh, the the enemy army, the the like the terrorist faction that you're fighting, it abbreviates to AQ, mm-hmm. and I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely not making a reference here. <clears throat> Clearly not. Um, yeah. So stuff like that, where you're like, ah, shame. But you know, I, I'm just going through the roller coaster. I always like the Call of Duty roller coaster, so mm. I'll go through it. And yeah. if it gets too bad, I'll, I'll hop out. But there's a bunch of moments that really made me go like, ah, oh, come on. Yeah. It's it. What I like about the COD games is the spectacle, right? Like mm-hmm. the, the campaign is always like a a, a tech marvel. Yep. To, to see set piece masterpiece and pacing is like the te- the tension the intensity all of that stuff is yeah incredible i, I really enjoyed the 2019 yeah yeah um i would uh, say it's not campaign. as good as that but it's uh, close okay okay that's good now I, mm-hmm. I need to i need to pick that up once i stop yeah. playing marvel snap <laughs> and are you still playing Cineblades? yes yes so like that's at least i'm still playing that game uh, while i'm waiting for a marvel snap uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh quest to uh, to reappear yeah so now i think i'm f- 
14 hours in mm-hmm. on uh, Xenoblade. And uh, every time I think, like, okay, I've seen all the systems. You know, we spoke about that in our last episode, I think. Right. Every time I think, like, okay, now I, th- I think I saw all the mechanics. There's more mechanics. Right. And like, I think I've seen all the systems. There's more systems. So, right. like, at first I thought, like, all of the characters I have there assigned their own classes. Right. And the classes have a different name in this game. I forgot what it is now. Right. Or just in my mind, it's classes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, then at some point in the game, a cutscene happens and people, like, change outfits. I was like, what is happening? Right. And now you actually can swap classes. Mm-hmm. But you can't swap classes with anybody. So only with, uh, you, as, a, as one class, you have uh, one or two other classes that you can also yep. specialize in. Mm-hmm. And then you level up both classes and they inherit... Um, stuff from their original class. Exactly. They inherit stuff, you inherit abilities, you inherit skills. Right. So like now it's like dawning on me the amount of uh, grinding that is ahead of me. <laughs> right. So this you're still before the point where I stopped. Okay. So that's why I was so careful last time when we talked about it because when you said like oh yeah no the, you know like I'm I'm here and here I was yeah. like that could be like 11 different parts in the game. Yeah yeah yeah. Right. Um yeah. so yeah if you now have the the class sort of inheritance system then there you're you're a few hours out from where I went like Wow. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm curious what you'll think. It's a lot it's a lot happening and for me to to keep it uh, in in my mind all the time is uh it's been an interesting uh, struggle to kind of yep. keep in all the systems because the menus start to be deceptively simple. Yeah. But I think that's also part of the clever design because there are yeah. literally options that um that were didn't even appear. Before yeah. before you unlock that uh, mechanic and mm-hmm. uh, you play the tutorial and now you can access that system. Uh, so like the game does a good job at easing you into it across hours. So like you right. know, you're, you're like 14 hours by the time you see this stuff. It's <laughs> it's, uh, it's quite impressive. But yeah, it's a uh, it's a long game. It, it's it's it's, <laughs> it, it's clear clear to me now at this point that I go like okay so. This is happening. These are the characters, the systems, and there's probably going to be I don't know eight other systems like this. There's a few more. There's a few more big ones. Yeah. Before I tuned out. Yeah. So, so now I'm thinking this is probably a hundred and twenty hour game at least. I would guess so. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I wonder how much I'm going to stick to it, considering there's so many other games coming out. And for me it's, to commit 120 hours to a game is a tall order. <laughs> and, the, and the problem with Xenoblade that I've noticed is I, I bounced off it. And a few weeks ago, I was like, I'll play a little bit more. And then I just, I didn't remember anything. Yeah. I was like, uh, attack? I'm, st- I'm struggling with the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, there's like high points that when they happen, I'm like, whoa, I'm super invested. And then yeah. there's a lot of lull in between. Yeah, yeah, that was exactly what happened to me. So basically, the thing that happened to me was the same thing that happened to me with The Witcher Three. Mm. There was such a high point, mm-hmm. and then it immediately went into a lull, and I just I couldn't. Yeah, it was an like there's an incredible moment, and I was like, wow, this is super cool, mm. and I'm so in, and I want to know where this goes, and like you know, like the stakes are going up, and like I'm just yeah. like, oh my god, this is amazing, and I was like. 
So anyway, now we're going to cross this desert for the next 20 hours. And I'm like, yeah, I'm in the desert now. I crossed uh, halfway through the desert. Right. And, well, and, that, that's why but, I use that example, because I, I know where you are. So yeah. like, let's use the place <laughs> that you're, you're in right now. Yeah, fair. Uh, because like that, you know, like when that happened, I was like, something super cool just happened. Yeah. And now I'm probably two to three hours away from another cool thing happening again. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what happened to me. And then it was such a cool moment that right after that, it going to like, yeah, anyway, next next one in a few hours that I was just like, yeah, no. Yeah. No. The thing that I like, maybe the there's going to be more mechanics later on to uh, to make it uh, a bit differently. But so far, what I'm noticing is that the the difference between the enemies has only been stats. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I'm attacking a little onion creature or a giant dinosaur creature, other than their stats, like, it's not affecting how I'm playing the game. No. Exact same strategy, right? Like, depending yeah. on the class you're playing, get to a specific spot. Yeah, and then wait. <laughs> and yep. then the cooldown management, uh, press yep. the buttons. Yep. So uh, that's kind of relaxing in a way. But at the same time, like, I want more. Like, right. I want, I, like, you know, the different enemies need to have different, like, uh, why are they different? You know, like, there needs to be an answer to this question. Until the point where I got, yeah, I didn't see any differences. Hmm. Interesting. Sometimes boss fights. Yeah. Right, where it's just like, oh, this boss, you kind of want to do that, or you want to avoid doing this. But, like, yeah. it was never like, don't do this. Or like approach it this way, which is like okay, yeah. approach it the way you usually approach it. It's just yeah. this guy has a lot of attack, so you know, yeah, be a little more careful. And that's the thing, like if you attack an enemy that is a bit over your level, doesn't like there is no skill involved, you know, like no. you will you will get wiped. Yeah. So, or or you will very slowly get it. Yeah. Right. So like you know, depending on like how many numbers they outlevel you. So ultimately, like it's this is a spreadsheet game. Yeah, which and the is other a, thing I noticed... something I don't mind a lot, but <laughs> but I think it needs a little bit more, which I think it might unlock later on. The the other thing I noticed is that there's there's a very small difference between you can win this and you're absolutely just not never gonna win it. Yeah, right. Sometimes a battle is like you're like okay, yeah, I'm, I can do this, I can do this, and then like five minutes later you win. Yeah. And all you have to do is not really mess up, right? You yeah. just keep keep going the pattern. Land those the combos. You, yeah, land, land the combo, combos. do the heal, you know, like do, do that. Yeah. Um, well, when a battle is going poorly, like, you know, your first person, basically when your first person dies, it's done. Yeah. You just, you just start running away. Somebody goes down, y'all love it. Let's, let's go. You can try to revive them, but at that point you'll be like, nah nah, this is this is not well, going the well. The person that dies usually is your defender. Yeah. So they're the one that tanks the damage. So if they're no longer tanking the damage, your yeah. healer is gonna go down in a second, then your attacker is gonna go down in a second, and then This is precisely why I play tank. Right. I but always that... play the tank so that I make sure that I am controlling the pace of the battle. Right. Yeah. But because the other stuff are AOE, so yep. like, and the DPS guy are dealing the DPS, so I I am the most central figure of this uh, right. combat, so I cannot rely on the AI. <laughs> that, that's fair. That's fair. But I think that you know, like that, that is the right way to play. 
mm-hmm. which all the other options are cool, but they're not useful. Yeah. Yeah, you and can I, play the attacker. Yeah. And that's the different mentality, right, between this game and uh, Snap, because there is no prominent strategy. So, like, once there's yeah. a prominent strategy, my mind goes numb a bit. And, like, I'm yeah. in this grind fest. And Xenoblade, honestly, it was a really chill grind fest. Mm, very true. Just, uh, I best. think my biggest problem with Xenoblade is that it had too high highs. Mm-hmm. I think if that game chilled out a little bit on how awesome the story was at times, yeah, that I would still be playing it. But it is that really high high, and then going back to like, okay, let's do the same thing for like three more hours. Well, if it's if Xenoblade X is uh, any measurement to go, Xenoblade X, like you know, the first thirty hours was uh, okay. Yeah. And then you get the mech. Yeah. And then it's uh, like fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so if it if it's following a similar trajectory, at least this one is kind of hinting at stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Then like, you know, your patience is going to be rewarded. But at the same time, I'm refusing to read about this. Right. I ran out of patience. I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, you read. If you if you get to the point where you're like, okay, Rami, listen, you gotta keep playing. Yeah. Okay, Khalasov, keep playing. But Okay. I'll let you know. I'll let you okay. know if I okay. stick okay. to it and if I get to that point. But yeah, it's uh it's it's tough considering that we're nearing end of the year and there's mm-hmm. so many games uh, God coming of War out. is happening soon. God of War happening soon. COD I want to play. Overwatch yep. 2 I haven't played that mm-hmm. much of. I'm, I'm not going to play Overwatch 2. I'm just going to let Osama handle that. Yeah. A Plague Tale I want to play. It's on Game Pass. Yep. Um, Here was our obligatory game. game pass mention. Microsoft, please sponsor us. Yeah. <laughs> That's Osama. So there's a bunch yeah. of stuff I want to play. Yeah. yeah. No, that's good stuff. I did play one one other game real oh, quick. Okay. Um, uh, Drop Mix. Drop Mix. It's an old game. Where did you play that? Uh, on my couch. <laughs> I mean, which device? <laughs> there is no device. It's its own device. Okay. So Drop Mix is Harmonix, who did Rock Band and uh, all those games, made a collectible card game. Oh, that Drop Mix. Wow, that was a while ago. And the game died a very sad death. Uh, but I yeah. own it. Because I remember one time I was visiting Harmonix and they showed me a very early prototype and just the tech was mind-blowing to me because it's a card game where you, you play cards onto this electronic board. Mm-hmm. There's five spots. Um, those five spots have different colors and those colors indicate what kind of cards you can play. So the yellow spot is for vocals. Mm-hmm. So you can play vocals on it. And then the green or the blue is for like percussion, drums, rhythm. The red is for melody, um, you know, and, and you basically play cards to those respective colors. And then there's a bunch of strategy and you use your phone as sort of the screen for the game. Wow. But the, the, the board is this device. Mm-hmm. the drop mix board and the thing that got me about it is these cards obviously use some sort of NF- nfc yep. technology right the thing is what i did not know is that you can do that you can use nfc but then also use it through 20 cards mm-hmm. so you play cards on top of each other uh-huh but the deck always knows which card is on the top interesting i still don't know how they did it but I remember seeing an early prototype and just being, this is so cool. So when it came out, I immediately bought it. And um, 
I uh, I recently picked it out of my cabinet and played it again, and it is so good. And Julie is a musician, mm-hmm. and she played it, and she's like, "How even like the 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 music brain stuff that went into this game is ridiculous. It like changes key, it changes tempo, it like makes sure that everything fits." Um, and yeah, it was really nice to play that with somebody with a with a music brain. Because yeah. I already enjoyed the game, but now also just like it's so clear that they did both technological wizardry as well as music wizardry. So uh, I went on eBay and I bought all the cards I could find. They're, they're harder to find now. Yeah, the game the game didn't do well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was hard to buy the board, and then it was hard to buy the cards, and then it just it didn't do well. They really went all out on those peripheral <laughs> strategy. I mean, I still have the Harmonix Rock Band drum set. Yeah, and the guitars and the microphone and you know it's good those were good times Uh, I kind of miss those times uh, we uh, in the Middle East we used to have like you know Playstation uh, areas where you like you you can sit there smoke shisha play FIFA Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, those uh, those shops they each started to install like a noise cancelling room and they had a a guitar hero and a rock band set up yeah 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 so you can like go in there, get some drinks, and yeah. People just... get really good at those games. Oh my god! Yes. Right. Oh my god! I used to play drums, so I really enjoyed Same. that. I, I the, played the drums too. The, and the thing is, because I'm a, in real life, I'm a guitarist. I hate the the plastic guitars. Yeah, <laughs> it's so counterintuitive to me. Yep. I can never do it. Mm-hmm. But no, I drums... can imagine. Like the drums, kind of play like drums. Yeah. Especially if you set them to the higher levels, like you actually got to hit your rhythms. Totally. Yep. Totally. Yeah, good. Anyway. I, play, so, I played so much of like Guitar Hero 2 and the first rock band, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. I still pull them out once a year for uh, my New Year's party. Oh, nice. Always rock band party. It's nice, good. Man. It's a good party. It's a good party. It makes for yeah. a good party. We should play uh, the drop mix as well in that party. Yeah. Because yep. I'm now very curious of trying it out. Yeah, no, I have it here. Like when you're here, I, I will have 100 new cards when you get here. So we can oh, play. Nice. We can make lots of music. You can also freestyle. So you can just play it on the deck. Ooh. That's really that. fun. I love that. If yeah. only we can get Osama to sing with that as well. That would be great. Speaking of, thank you for everybody who emailed to compliment Osama on his uh, singing. <laughs> Um, people wrote about that huh yeah 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 uh i have uh, one for example here from ian who uh, emailed just a very short message i'm complimenting osama's singing of the final countdown shokran habibi um <laughs> shokran ian for the kind words i uh, know osama isn't here but he would be very grateful for your uh, for your uh, for your message um you know, if, if if people really liked it, you know, let us know via email and we can see if we can install a, a weekly Osama karaoke part. <laughs> I would like that very much. Yeah, just, seen, you know. If, I've seen a lot of discussion about it on uh, Twitter and the Discord, so it seems yeah. like he struck a chord with yeah. people. So if, if you all just want more of that, let us know via email, info at thehabibis.com or on our Discord, discord.thehabibis.com, and uh, we'll make sure Osama sings some more. Yeah. If he wants to, obviously. If he wants yeah. to. I'm going to ask him nicely anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. It's time to put a doily in this one, I reckon. Yalla. Yeah. So for everybody listening, thank you for joining us on another episode of The Habibis. Um, write us at info at thehabibis.com. Join us at the Discord at discord.thehabibis.com. And we'll be here same time, same place, inshallah, 
next week for the time being salam salam that was the habibis podcast for this week i am fauzi masmar your host for this episode you can find me on twitter at fauzi masmar my fellow habibis were osama dorias who you can find on twitter at osama dorias and rami ismail who you can find on twitter at tha underscore rami send us your questions stories and suggestions via info at thehabibis.com intro and outro music was provided by malik zubayla and the logo was provided by ibrahim hanni The Habibis is a weekly podcast about three game developers drinking good Arab tea with new episodes launching every Friday in Shaman. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe to your favorite podcasting service or check out thehabibis.com for more information. Thank you for listening. Salaam.